Alright, welcome to 15 Minutes with Fox. <clears throat> I just want to touch base on a couple of things. Um, I want to talk about being shadow banned. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this is because I ran into a buddy of mine at the grocery store today that I haven't talked to in forever. I missed a guy. We used to have amazing conversations because, like myself, he is someone who questions and analyzes everything. So, again, 15 Minutes with Fox. Sorry about the last episode being like 17 minutes and change, but I try. Now, I want to talk about being shadow banned. Now, I've had a few people ask me why I don't have YouTube anymore. I've had family and friends ask me why I don't have Facebook anymore. And the reason why I don't have Facebook or YouTube is because I got shadow banned. So on Facebook, what shadow banning happens if you're not a publicly hated figure like, say, I don't know, Donald Trump, Gina Carano, whatever. Um, basically, what happens is you get banned from posting certain things that are viewed as too controversial or they're independent fact checkers deem it to be false now I can I can listen to anybody's opinion and if I disagree with it I can say that's false because it doesn't agree with what I think and there's a problem with this there's a fundamental dissentiveness with this is owing to the fact that if I come at somebody with a logical rational argument citing multiple statistics and studies and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up whole, cold, hard facts. And to quote Ben Shapiro, one of my favorite political debaters, facts don't care about your feelings. If I bring up all of this kind of tactile, physical evidence to support my argument, and you tell me that I'm wrong because my opinion does not mirror your own, that does not make you right. That makes you ignorant. The issue with this is I've been shadow banned. And the reason I got shadow banned on Facebook was I made a post citing an article where Carrie Mullis, the 1993 um, Nobel Peace Prize winner for creating the RT-PCR test, flat out stated that the RT-PCR test should never be used as a test to diagnose viral infection. And the reason we're standing is because how the test works is they take a small tissue sample and amplify it through an amplification process 20, 25, 30 times to be able to visually inspect the viral genome sequences that they can find for known viral entities. Now, the problem with this is they're taking little tidbits of a virus to go, hey, there is a virus there. It's not saying, hey, this is the virus. It says, hey, this shares the, the genetic sequence similar to a known virus. Now, with shadow banning, I posted an article about Carrie Mollis about how the RT-PCR test, which has been the gold standard for COVID testing, should never be used to test for a viral infection. Or, sorry, not test, but diagnose for a viral infection. And this was by the dude who invented the test and his peer group. Now, talking about peer groups, some people may not understand what this is. So, just to put this in perspective, the New York Times, if I'm not mistaken, was given an obscene amount of grease and uh, grief and outcry. Grease, sorry, I had bacon earlier and it was delicious um greasy but delicious anyways so <clears throat> i believe it was the new york times came out with an article fear-mongering about a new viral strain of covid19 however the citations that they utilized were from an unpublished scientific discovery now what unpublished means is a scientist or a group of scientists have discovered something and have submitted it for peer review but have not received the feedback from the review so basically to simplify this for people who do not understand the scientific community is when you make a discovery as a scientist what happens is after you make the, disco the, the discovery you then provide all of your research data to other scientists who independently 
do their own research on the data that you've discovered, on the, say, viral genome that you've discovered, and then they turn around and either agree or disagree. So until multiple people in the scientific community sign off stating that what you have found has been found to be true, or what you're saying is accurate according to their own testing, all you are left with is a hypothesis. And a hypothesis is unproven science. It's speculation. So if you find an abnormality in a viral genome, until it is submitted for peer review and returned, agreeing with what, you're, what claims you're making, basically it's speculation. You are speculating that this is the case. So the New York Times is fear-mongering on a study that was to be, in fact, not proven correct nor incorrect. So this is the issue with shadow banning. I got shadow banned by actually posting something that was legitimately true on Facebook. After I received a 24-hour um, ban on my account, I, I notified my people on Facebook, and I deleted my account after 72 hours because I want none of that. I'm very glad that I did because shortly thereafter, again, talking about shadow banning and some really creepy crap, Facebook changed their terms of service and their end user license agreement. And when I say Facebook, I mean Facebook and their subsidiaries. So you might not have Facebook and you might be well better off for it. However, you might still have Instagram or you might still have WhatsApp on your phone. Now, my, my rudimentary issue with this is they are still, still under the Facebook banner. So the issue with this comes from the fact that when one changes, when the, when the overture changes, there are still redundancies in their subsidiaries. So a company like Facebook, which has been under allegations for quite a long time and have been defending themselves legally against things like helping and supporting child trafficking, child pornography, so on and so forth, I didn't feel comfortable with the fact that I have autistic children, one of which being four years old in potty training, one of which that if she wears a diaper or panties or underwear for that matter, we'll soil them. So in our, in our parental duties of trying to potty train my child so she can be a functioning member of society, we have gone with the, you know what, if you don't want to wear clothes, you don't have to. Now, that doesn't stop my children from doing funny things like wearing a purse on their head like a bandana or saying cute things or doing cute things or being in a bubble bath where I take pictures of them. When I found out that Instagram had complete unrequited access to the entire entirety of the data on my device, I got rid of it. Why? Because I don't feel like offering up geotagged images of my half-naked children to the World Wide Web to be bought, sold, traded for child pornography or possibly child taxation. Because if you have your location services on your phone and you take a photograph with it, it gets geotagged, which is your general geographic location gets tagged with the time, date, so on and so forth. So if I take a picture of my family at the CN Tower in Toronto with my location services on, the information, the data that's stored with that photo is the time and day, as well as the general area of the tag. Now, if I take a picture of my kids in the bath, well, that's going to be pretty easy to figure out where I live if you have access to the geotag. Shadow ban number two, <coughs> Twitter. I personally have nothing disagreeable with Twitter. However, 
in my attempts on working on my novel, I have decided that I am going to try and limit the negativity in which people can view me as a person. Whereas with YouTube, I put up a couple of videos at the beginning of the pandemic, which I've recently watched, and a lot of what I said has actually come true. Surprise, surprise. Now, unfortunately, hmm, pause for effect and to take a mouthful of water. Unfortunately, the issue with this is <clears throat> those videos have since been shadow banned, which means that the only options that I have is to delete them or download them. I did neither. Well, sorry, I didn't download them. I just deleted them. When you control the media, you control the, the, the flow of information. So this is what I talk about, about being shadow banned. Now, I have never, never been an advocator of passing off opinion as fact. No, there are two separate things. And again, to quote Ben Shapiro, one of my favorite debaters, one of my favorite political figures, just because of his no-nonsense approach to things, facts don't care about your feelings. So... When we're talking about being shadow banned, I've been shadow banned off of Facebook, I've been shadow banned off of YouTube, which tells me that I'm putting salt in the wound of people who don't want that salt to be there. You want to believe what you want to believe, and I'm not here to tell you to believe differently. What I'm here to do is ask you to take a step back and think for yourself. John Hopkins University, and if you search this on the internet, you will find information. However, I might suggest that you stop using Google. Now, I have been using Google since it first came out because I didn't like Ask Jeeves and I really didn't like Yahoo Search. And Bing, well, let's just face it, Bing is the retarded little brother. So, what is there to use as a search engine, you might ask? I'm not going to tell you which one to use. There are multiple. It's just Google alternative search engines. One of the ones that I particularly use is called DuckDuckGo. Now, when you search DuckDuckGo, you can actually find companies shadow banning themselves. John Hopkins University released a study, I believe, since I'm not looking at my notation, in August of 2020. They've released a study showing a dramatic decline in the number one killer in the United States of America, which is heart disease. Now, they listed a decline in the average of, of deaths by heart disease by a specific number. I believe it was around 1,000 a thousand deaths. Again, forgive me, I'm not looking at my numbers. You can look this up yourself. My, my job is not to spoon feed you information you've been spoon fed since you were two years old. I'm not going to do it for you. If you actually question things, which I'm assuming you do by listening to my podcast, you can take 10 minutes to do the research yourself, because that's all it takes. John Hopkins University put up a study and then very quickly took it down, because they showed that the decrease in major killers like heart disease, diabetes, etc., directly correlated to an increase in COVID-19 numbers. Now, one of the things that the narrative has actually agreed upon since COVID-19 started is those with pre-existing conditions are at risk. Now, to prove my belief in severity in this virus is I worry about my grandparents. Now, I have two sets of grandparents. I have my grandparents that are biological, and I have my adopted grandparents, which is just a wonderful elderly couple that I have grown very, very attached to. Both sets of grandparents are very, uh, I'm not going to say very old. My, my biological grandparents are in their 80s. My adopted grandparents are in their 70s. Both of my grandfathers have extremely dangerous pre-existing conditions if they were to get COVID. Okay, so my concern is for their safety. Now, the issue that I have with this is the Canadian government 
is more focused on vaccinating the homeless population than our seniors and senior centers. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not heartless. And my heart bleeds for the people who have been in such impoverished conditions that they are homeless. I am the first person to try and help them. I'm the first person to try and feed them. But statistically speaking, for people who don't social distance, who don't wear masks, who don't have access to healthcare, who don't have access to basic essentials in life, as much of an atrocity against humankind as that is, are a very small footnote on the scale of what's causing deaths or hospitalization. So in my opinion, my opinion, the people that need to be vaccinated are the people at the highest risk. First, people like seniors with pre-existing conditions, people with COPD, people with cardiovascular issues like heart disease or whatnot. These are the people that need to be vaccinated. However, to look good in the limelight, our government is starting focus with the homeless community, which is a lower percentile. That'd be like saying we're going to start with children, even though the symptoms for COVID-19 are not even moderate, they're generally non-existent. I also want to give a shout out to the local businesses in lockdown area Simcoe for standing up and saying, you know what, I'm putting my family's livelihood above your political agenda, something that one of the Conservative members of Parliament got kicked out of the Conservative caucus for calling out Doug Ford on. So these are some things that you need to do some research in, and instead of just agreeing with the narrative. Now, when I say agreeing, that doesn't mean non-compliance. So I work in a position where my job is to enforce compliance with the COVID rules in a factory. Now, with my job, I am going to do my job to the best of my ability, whether or not I agree with it, because it does not raise any kind of a moral issue with me. The purpose of my job is to limit the spread of COVID-19. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I have not had the opportunity to confirm nor deny whether or not COVID is a real thing. So I'm running under the assumption that COVID-19 is a real virus. Now, the reason I'm doing podcasts now instead of YouTube or Facebook posts is because I've been kicked off of those platforms and I've dealt with enough headache that I don't want to anymore. But all I suggest is you take 10 minutes and you can set an egg timer. I don't care. Take 10 minutes, go to DuckDuckGo and actually start researching some of the data yourself. And if you look in some of my previous podcasts, you'll actually find out that certain websites that are used to track the virus are easily manipulated numbers don't line up. So take care of the people who get shadow banned for trying to share genuine information. And if you're listening to my podcast, there's a good guarantee that most of the people you know disagree with you. Most of the people that you know go, I, I, I think that the, the government's in, you know, it's our, it's my best friend and it's going to do everything in its power to keep me safe. And if you want, throw them the link to my my podcast and say, hey, listen, this guy cross-references all of his data with legitimate sources because I do. I don't take what Jim Bob Tom said on Facebook. I go to different pathology institutions. I look at their studies. I look at their data and I turn around and I go, and here are the numbers. Here are the statistics and the stats don't lie. Now, you can manipulate people with statistics. That's a whole different animal. That's, that's omitting information. I don't omit I give you the same information I have. So if you ever want to challenge me, challenge me. Go look at the research that I've done. And if I am wrong, do me a favor. If I am wrong, you tell me. You let me know. 
and I will admit publicly that I am wrong. But I don't want to hear, well, you're wrong because my opinion says otherwise. I want you to throw at me as much data, information, and fact as you can to prove me wrong. Anyways, 15 minutes with Fox, well, technically 16 minutes. You have yourself a great day, and remember, it tastes takes absolutely nothing to be kind. We are all human. We all live on terra firma. We're all born on terra firma. We are all Terran. We are all human. Love each other. End of story. That is where our differences end. And the differences that we do have after the fact that you are Terran, you are an earthling, if you want to put it in science fiction terms, the rest of it is minute and negligible. Be a good person. It takes nothing to be a good person, and it costs nothing to smile and be kind. Eric Fox, have a great day.